You're listening to Win the Day with James Whitaker. What we do in life echoes in eternity. Broadcasting from Los Angeles, California. This is the number one podcast to help you win the day every day. Here's your host, James Whitaker. Let's go. Welcome to episode 24 of Win The Day. The title for this episode is Eight Ways To Make Money From Home. Like the last episode, we're going to spend the first half giving an update on everything related to COVID-19, how it's evolved, how it's impacting different economies and the outlook for the future. I mean, this thing is just moving so fast and there's a lot of really irresponsible reporting out there. So I wanna give you the truth about what's going on and help you understand some of these trends so you can plan your next move and do what you can to provide for your family during this difficult time. Then in the second half of this episode, I'm going to be giving you a whole bunch of strategies that you can use to make money from home right now. We know there's a lot of people who have lost their jobs or who have partners who have lost their jobs. So it's more important than ever to diversify your income and I'll be showing you how to do just that. As we said in episode 23, it's always your move. So use the lessons from this episode to start being proactive about this uncertainty rather than reacting to the news or simply waiting and waiting and waiting for something good to arrive. The quote for today's episode comes from an unknown author and says, life is tough. You just have to be tougher. Life is tough. You just have to be tougher. It's so true. And it's much easier to be tough when you've got a plan. That's what I try to give you in every episode of this show. A plan so you can make whatever circumstances you want a reality. Well, here in sunny Los Angeles, we're in week four of the quarantine. A lot of you have reached out to me after the last episode to make sure my wife, Jen, hadn't killed me since she's now working from home. And I'm happy to report that not only am I still alive, but the family unit is stronger than ever. We celebrated our two year anniversary last week and Jen is getting used to working from home. So things are good. We've actually just really been enjoying the little things like a short walk through our neighborhood with our 11 month old daughter, Sophie, and just making sure we're communicating clearly so we can help each other with what needs to be done. When you see what is going on in some of the worst affected areas on the planet, it makes it easy to be grateful. Even just a roof over our heads and the health of our family, and hopefully you're in the same boat. But I wanted to take a moment here just to recognize and say an enormous thank you to the emergency services people, the first responders, and all the medical personnel. I mean, there's doctors, there's nurses, there's cleaners who are preparing the rooms afterwards, and everyone else on the front lines who are fighting this battle for us. Thank you. Their bravery is a phenomenal example for all of us and a reminder that we need to be just as strong in making sure we don't succumb to the negativity that's drowning the world right now. We see so many people complaining about being stuck at home, but spare a thought for those who are in the trenches of this truly frightening battle. So what has been going on with COVID-19? Well, as you've seen all over the news, I'm sure there's more than 1 million cases that have been reported around the world and more than 70,000 people have died. Of all those deaths, more than 60% of them have come from four European countries, Italy, Spain, France, and Britain. So Europe has certainly got all hands on deck to increase their medical capacity and care for the sick. Just last week, the UN Secretary General called this pandemic the greatest test the world has faced since the UN was formed 75 years ago. Sporting events like Wimbledon, the famous tennis tournament, have been cancelled for the first time since World War II, and there's already whispers that the NFL season will be completely shelved for this coming year, even though it's not scheduled to start until September. 
It's such a tough call because it's sporting events like that that would give people a much needed distraction from all the doom and gloom of the news. As I've been saying for months now, it would be a very difficult time to be a policymaker during something so serious and it's changing so quickly, but obviously the health concerns are paramount and governments are looking to mobilize all available resources. Speaking of the NFL, my team, the New England Patriots, even sent their team jet to China last week on an official humanitarian mission to bring back more than one million masks, which they then distributed to hospitals in Massachusetts uh, and New York. So well done to them. Unemployment numbers are continuing to be released, and they're just as horrible as the analysts expected. If you're watching the show on YouTube, I'll show you an image now just to show you how serious this is. Isn't that an incredible chart? It shows the unemployment rates going back more than 50 years and how this period compares. Scary stuff. Claims for unemployment benefits have surged more than 3,000% since early March. In just two weeks, 10 million Americans have filed for unemployment. 10 million. That gives us an unemployment rate of 9.5% in the US, which is crazy because one month ago, just one month ago, it was 3.5%. As the quarantine and uncertainty continues, expect that number to go way up. And while these are US statistics, this is a global event. So you can expect bad news on the job front in every country on the planet. This is the fastest unemployment rise in US history, and it will be interesting to see how it plays out everywhere else. Even during the global financial crisis that went from 2007 to 2009, which many people also called the subprime mortgage crisis, the highest number of unemployment claims per week stood at about 665,000. So we're certainly breaking records for all the wrong reasons. We've got a lot of people who are receiving employer benefits for another month or so who have been asked to take leave. But the longer this pandemic goes on, the more stress it puts on companies. And they simply will have no other option than to fire staff. Otherwise, there will be no company for the workers to return to. Even with a $2 trillion stimulus package, the largest in history and one that's being replicated in its own way by other countries, this money has to come from somewhere. The government just cannot prop up companies and give cash handouts to its citizens forever. As soon as possible, every single government is going to need people to get back to work. A lot of people are claiming that COVID-19 is a healthcare issue, but it's not. It's a community issue. If everyone stayed home for three to four weeks and stayed out of contact with others, the virus would likely stop in its tracks. But because there continues to be human interaction, as people adjust to the situation and grapple to understand the severity of it, the confirmed cases will continue to rise. It being a healthcare issue, like most people are claiming, is actually a byproduct of the community not doing what it should be doing. And that is what creates issues of medical capacity. A lot of fuss has been made about the US having by far the most positive cases worldwide, but that's irresponsible reporting once again. It's simply a matter of tests being made available. If there were no tests, there would be no cases and the US would be at the bottom of the list. A much more accurate metric to see what country is most impacted is to look at is the deaths per capita of each country. And for the last couple of weeks, the US has been hovering around 20th on that list. If you use that metric, deaths per capita per country, France is three times worse than the US, and countries like Italy and Spain are more than 12 times worse than the US. So there's a lot more to be reported than just the number of positive cases. 
There's even doubts over the data from a lot of these countries, including places like Italy that you think would have accurate data. So it's hard to even figure out how the health experts are doing their modeling for things like illness and death projections. Also, the more widely available testing is, the quicker a society should theoretically be able to recover. So more testing again might be a good thing. But everything is evolving so quickly and we'll just need to keep looking at the data as it's made available and hopefully getting more accurate and to do the best with the information that we've got. A lot of people want to know why Italy's death rate is so bad and I wanted to share a statistic with you because again there's a lot that's being misrepresented. One of the main reasons Italy's transmission rate was so fast was because it's far more common for people in the age bracket of 30 to 49 to live with their parents than it is in any other part of the world. In Italy, 23% of people aged 30 to 49 live with their parents, 23%. And that is three and a half times higher than that same amount in the US. The elderly population in Italy had a lot more contact with younger people who likely didn't even realize they had COVID-19. So even telling the old people to go and relax and stay quarantined indoors didn't help as much as authorities thought it would. As always, the media continues to prophesize the end of the world. Just last week, major network CBS was caught showing alarming footage of an overflowing ward in a New York City hospital. The only problem was that this footage was actually from a hospital in Italy and one of the most hard hit hospitals in the whole world for that matter. That's not doing anyone any favors except CBS who makes money from clicks. So remember, go for the source when it comes to news. I've been saying that for the last few episodes. Look at the fire rather than the smoke and make up your own mind about what's going on based on the facts. I'm following the whole COVID-19 thing very closely and I'm a glass half full kind of guy, so I'm still optimistic that it's not going to be as bad as predicted. But when you see how seriously the governments are planning for this pandemic, I'll admit it's a little unnerving. Governments have been occupying giant convention centers. You've probably seen videos and photos of warehouses and hotels that are being occupied. So these governments can stack them with beds in preparation. It gets a little eerie when you think how they would even staff those locations since the healthcare industry was already overworked prior to the COVID-19 pandemic. So I'll be keeping an eye on it and we'll continue to share things with you. If you're in the Win The Day group on Facebook, thank you for joining me for the recent Facebook Live. For those who missed it, it was a Friday night and I grabbed a glass of wine and shared all my thoughts on what was going on. Mentioned how professionals and companies should change their messaging given the current climate and I answered all the questions that were posted. Everyone seemed to really enjoy it. We had people all over the world. So I'll be grabbing a glass of wine and doing it again soon. Just join the Win The Day group on Facebook to get access to that and join the conversation. I called the segment Wine The Day, obviously a pun on Win The Day, but you don't need a glass of wine to join. Just grab your favorite beverage, whether it's a tea or a coffee or a beer or a sparkling water or a normal water, whatever you like, and join the fun. It's really nice to feel that sense of community and knowing that we're not alone during this time when many people are struggling. Just to close off the first part of this episode, I want you to remember to focus on what you can control rather than worrying about what you can't control. And in this situation, there's actually a whole bunch of things that you can control. And that leads to the second part of our episode, how you can make money from home. What I'm going to share here with you is some tips and ideas that you can implement immediately to increase your household income. 
I see a lot of people promoting side hustles where you trade cryptocurrency or get involved in trading foreign currency. Quite frankly, I think those fields are absolutely ludicrous and I would never recommend them to anyone. What I'm going to share with you here are things that will work. So pay close attention and think about how you can action them in your own way immediately. Number one, set your workspace. This sounds a little elementary, but if you can't get into the groove of working from home, you'll never be able to make money from home. To do this, clear that workspace of distractions and procrastinations. Make sure your environment, your work sanctuary inspires you. You can see my big canvas print behind me, action, the difference between having and wanting. It always inspires me when I walk into this room and you should do the same wherever you're working from. Then set expectations with every one of the other people who are in quarantine with you. The last thing you need is to be interrupted constantly just as you're starting to get into the flow. Studies have even shown that, while you, that what you wear while working from home can impact your productivity. So throw on whatever makes you feel best and get to work. Number two, add value to your audience. There's a simple question you can ask yourself during moments like this. What audience are you best positioned to serve? What audience are you best positioned to serve? If you can get clear on what that audience is and what problems they face, you can start creating solutions that solve those problems. Ideally, it would be an audience you enjoy working with and who have meaningful problems that you are passionate about solving. Once you've got your audience in mind, look at your network, whether it's scrolling through your friends on Facebook or through the contacts in your phone and make a list of all those who are in that audience and get to work on a plan to add as much value to that audience as possible. Listen to what problems they have. Ask them where they want to go and why they haven't achieved the results they want. Talk to them about what support they would need to achieve their goals. Once you start to form an idea of the types of products and solutions you can offer this audience, communicate. Communicate. This is where a lot of people fall down. They either wait for the phone to ring or they do the complete opposite where they're too salesy and too aggressive and people can smell their desperation from three countries away. When you start a new business or create a new product, it almost certainly won't be bought. It will need to be sold. There's a big difference. And the best way to sell it is to get clear on what problems your audience faces and then demonstrate how your solution alleviates those problems. Hopefully by the time you have a product available, you have built up so much goodwill from your audience because of how much time you've spent understanding them that they'll be contacting you to ask when it's available. But there's nothing wrong with calling people to let them know your exciting new solution is now available and that you've got a special offer just for them. In times of uncertainty like we're in now, people want leadership and that's what you can deliver. Another option is to start a podcast. We know that more than 37% of US adults, that's more than 100 million people, now listen to podcasts every month. Interview experts in your industry whose calendars have likely cleared up given the coronavirus that they're stuck at home now and use their guidance to help refine and add more value to your product while you share that expertise with your quickly growing audience. Remember, the more value you add, the more money you will make. They are perfectly correlated. The more value you add, the more money you will make. So that's number two, add value to your audience. Number three, outsource. If you can build a team, you can exponentially amplify your impact. Virtual teams are very affordable right now and can do things around the clock if you set them up correctly. 
Project management company Trello wrote a fantastic guide to embracing remote work, so I'll include a link to that in the show notes and you can check it out. It's comprehensive and definitely worth a read if you're looking to build a high-performing team without all the costs or even if you want to simply outsource some of those tasks that you hate so you can do more of what you love. You could have someone who takes your podcast and turns it into a blog that they automatically turn into multiple social media posts and then post on your website and all your social platforms. You could have someone who reaches out to your clients to give them all the support and reassurance they need during this time. But you could also have someone create a whole list with hundreds of people who are your prospective audience that you can then follow up. Or you can hire one virtual assistant that does everything while you focus on the bigger picture of your business. Really, the opportunities are endless. So check out that guide from Trello that I will add a link to in the show notes. That's number three, outsource so you can amplify your impact. Number four, leverage your own mastermind. Modeling success is one of the most important attributes to have. It gets us out of our own head and inspired by the actions of what real industry leaders are doing. Then you can apply that expertise in your own way on your own business using your unique voice. To do this, you can arrange a time for a Zoom call with maybe three or four or five friends who are good at what they do. During that call, set a timer for 30 minutes on each person, so make sure one person doesn't monopolize all the time, and then go around as a group focusing on ways to brainstorm for each person and how they can benefit from the current situation. If you did this one step alone every three weeks, you'd never be short of ideas on how to thrive during this period. I would even take that one step further by organizing a call with those who are a little more seasoned in the world of business, the people who have come through global recessions before. Seek their counsel. I assure you they will be far less rattled and much more action-oriented than those who sit on the couch all day watching the news, complaining about everything. So that's number four, leverage your own mastermind. Number five, offer your expertise. There are services like Upwork and Fiverr that give people access to professionals in each field. You can make money by helping other companies, associations, and individuals from the comfort of your own home. And as you help more and more people, you will obtain better reviews and a comprehensive portfolio so you can increase your pricing. Look at the most in-demand people on that platform, whatever platform you pick, who are in your field and see what their profile has that other profiles don't. Channel that inspiration into creating your unique profile. Again, this is an example of modeling success that we mentioned earlier. Also, these platforms want to help you get more work because that's how they get paid. I'll share a link in the show notes with an example of how Upwork has released content to help professionals on their platform, and it's got some great tips in there. And please, for the love of all that is holy, do not create some boring, generic profile. If you're going to spend the time to do something and go to all that effort to create a new profile, do it well. Let your personality stand out, and most importantly, show how your expertise will help other people's lives get easier. You can also do this on your own if you like. You don't need to be featured on one of these platforms. You can use a free service like Loom that records your computer screen so you can create a course or share your expertise with people all over the world completely for free. So that's number five, offer your expertise. If you're unsure on what areas of expertise you have or you feel like you don't have any areas of expertise, then focus on our next point. Number six, build your skills. Remember, the more valuable you become, the more you'll be able to help others and justify a higher fee for doing so. 
There's always an opportunity to grow and the best investment you can make is in yourself. For example, are there any online certifications you can get? Are there topics or industries you can learn about for free via YouTube? Even if you're concerned about time, you can increase the playback speed on these videos or audio files to 1.25 times or 1.5 times, maybe even double the speed. You'd be amazed at how quickly you get used to that so you can get through the videos at a much faster pace. Once you acquire a level of knowledge in a particular field, you can think about how you want to share that with your audience, which ties into the very first point we've included here on our list. For example, you might have expertise in video editing. Video content is huge at the moment. So what you could do is create a course or a workshop to help people learn how to edit videos themselves. As your expertise increases, that could become course one, video editing 101. Course two, basic video production for business owners. Course three, intermediate video production for business owners. Course four, advanced video production for business owners. Course five, using video production to 10x your client base. There are so many different ways that you could package that. And you could even package all of those courses under one flagship high ticket item called the Ultimate Video Guide for Business Owners, where you show them how to film, edit, and publish their own video content. Just remember to very explicitly state how the services or products you create solve the problems they face. That is so important, I should probably repeat it. Remember to very explicitly state how the services or products you create solve the problems your audience is facing. The better you are at articulating the problem, the more your audience will assume you have the best solution. And the more expertise you have, the more people you can help. I'll also include a link in the show notes to a spreadsheet. It really is amazing. It contains links to a website and well, to hundreds of websites rather that teach skills in a whole heap of different areas. Everything from software engineering and computer programming to language learning and arts and crafts. Seriously, there's some absolute gold in there and some of the links alone provide access to hundreds of courses. It's really an amazing resource. Make sure you check it out. So that's number six, build your skills. Number seven, affiliate sales. If you have an engaged audience, find a product that is a great fit for your audience and become an affiliate. This allows you to promote someone else's products and earn a commission on them. Whether it's an Amazon link, which anyone can set up, or something for a higher ticket item, it's a great way to boost your income from home. Just remember to make sure you do it in the right way and actively communicate how the solution you're talking about will help alleviate your audience's pain points as I have stressed throughout this episode. If all you do is sell, people are going to quickly tune out. But if you create value for people, they will want to support you. There's a website called thewirecutter.com which you might have heard about already. It's something that I've been using for years. And before thewirecutter.com was sold to the New York Times, it earned money exclusively from affiliate sales. What it did was recommend the best product for most people in a given category. As the company got bigger and bigger, it started to recommend products like it does now in pretty much every category. And it built up a lot of trust, so the Wirecutter's quickly growing audience respected and valued their opinion. When the audience was ready to buy an item, they wanted to use the affiliate link as a way of thanking the wire cutter for the help and all the value they had provided. So think about how you can run affiliate sales in your own way that adds value to your audience. That's number seven. Number eight, cut your costs. 
Maybe it's my background in financial planning, but I had to include this one here. The easiest way to make money is to cut your costs. Just as one of the easiest ways to lose money is to spend more. This is one of the most painfully obvious and simple tips, yet it eludes so many people. Look at your household spending and find out where you can cut costs. Perhaps you can buy things in bulk or buy things online where it's easier to go and evaluate the price differences between products. There's many ways to do this and I included it in one of my most popular posts called How to Become a Financial Winner, which I'll include a link to in the show notes. My wife will tell you that I hate paying full price for anything. Even at the grocery store, I make a game of trying to buy as much on special as I can so I can beat my record on savings at the register. That's why when the whole coronavirus thing hit, we had a whole garage full of paper towels, dishwasher tablets, toilet paper, pasta, pasta sauce, dishwashing liquid, you name it. It's because when I saw that stuff, those items at 30% off or 40 or 50% off, that is when they were on special and I bought it in bulk. A few extra minutes doing your research online or looking at comparable products when you're next at the supermarket or wherever you're shopping will save you thousands of dollars each year. So that's number eight and our final tip, cut your costs. That's the end of our list and hopefully you've already thought about this, but those items aren't mutually exclusive. You can stack several of those methods together and start making a huge amount of money from home right now. So think about what actions you're going to take and then get to work. If you're enjoying this show, it would mean the world to me if you could share it with friends and family and hit the subscribe button. It's available as a podcast, as a blog, and on YouTube, so there's really something for everyone. Remember to check out all the helpful links I've put in the show notes. Seriously, they'll make a massive difference to your current situation. And if you want to join us in the Win the Day group, especially for an upcoming episode of Wine the Day, we'd love to see you there. That link is also in the show notes. Stay safe. I have a feeling the next few weeks is going to be pretty wild, but don't let it stop you from winning the day. Remember to focus on what you can control. I hope this episode has helped you out. Until next time, onwards and upwards, always.